And we are live. Welcome, everybody, to this, which is uh, the Smart Building Series, and it's number five for 2019. Um, thanks for joining us today. And we are talking about open access control. What does it really look like? And I'm very happy to um, have on the line with us uh, James from Open Path. Hi, James. How are you doing? Great, James. How are you? It's easy. We can't mess up one another's name. Yeah, that's right. That's that's it. Another James. Appreciate you taking the time today. Um, really good. And uh, let me just start with um, a bit of uh, housekeeping, and then I'll let you make uh, your own introduction, and then we can uh, can get going with uh, today's webinar. So first thing I just want to do is um, thank our sponsor, Project Haystack. Uh, we encourage everybody out there to go to project-haystack.org and look at what those guys are doing um, regarding simplifying data for the Internet of Things. So, um, it's an open source framework to allow you to tag um, data and be able to share that more um, easily across different systems. So it's well, well worth checking out. I also want to say that we are um, uh, all of this content's available. We're recording it. Uh, so you can you can get it all either on uh, SoundCloud. Um, if you go just search for memory research on there, you'll find this or smart building series. Again, iTunes, you can you can subscribe to our channel there. Uh, and um, if you get the chance, it'd be great to leave us a review as well. Uh, we'd definitely appreciate that. Um, so, oh, and last thing, questions. If anyone has questions out there, very happy to take them. What we're going to do first is let James um, talk a little bit about um, his company and um, and the slides he's uh, he's brought with him today. Uh, and then after that, we're going to open it up. We're going to have a Q&A session. So uh, feel free to type in your questions, and then um, we can go through them all later. So, uh, James, please tell me about OpenPath and what you guys are up to. Oh, well, James, it's a pleasure to be here today and uh, would love to give you just uh, an intro and an overview on OpenPath and sort of what we're up to. And I think, um, obviously, Open is at the core part of our name. Uh, and so when we looked at this market, and we thought about how to address access control. Uh, openness was uh, central to how we wanted to approach the user experience, um, the um, sort of landlord and tenant experience and the install, installer and system integrator experience, because those are all the constituents that you know, you're dealing with when it comes to uh, setting up an access control system in a building uh, and then using it on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, whether it's the administrator or the user. So um, you know, we are a company obsessed, literally obsessed with the user experience. Uh, and, and it stems from, um, we're serial tech entrepreneurs, my partners and I, this is the fourth company we've built over the last 20 years. And what's happened is in every single company, we've ended up with a whole lot of these, a whole lot of key cards and badges. Uh, and this was actually my partner's uh, badge pack at our last company. We sold it to Verizon. And so we had um, you know, access cards to get into multiple buildings at our campus here uh, in, in LA, as well as across the US and then across the world. And the problem that we ran into is that uh, we never had the right badge at the right time. Right, and this was a bad experience, uh, either because you forget them in the car, leave them at home, or you know don't have the right one, or it doesn't work, uh, or just the management and the hassle of you know, administering access control, uh, you know credentials, uh, and, and then the, the lack of security. Right, this is not a very personalized way to secure a physical presence. Anybody can find a badge and use it. Uh, whereas um, you know we thought you know the mobile phone that seems to be a good idea. It's you know ubiquitous. Everyone uses their mobile phone everywhere they go, especially in the workplace. 
And we couldn't understand why mobile, which is this great technology that has you know, opened up and disrupted so many different industries, hasn't impacted the access control space, right? These are you know, badges that are 40 years old, RFID technology. And, and we sort of looked at this category and said, wow, okay. We scratched our head as entrepreneurs and said, well, if, if things like mobile haven't disrupted this category, you know, how do we come in and make it work, right? And, and there's two themes. One is mobile and one is cloud. Uh, you know, most businesses have moved most of their software, their enterprise software to the cloud. And yet in this category, software is installed locally and still sort of running on a old Windows machine at, at, at the premise. So we said, let's look at the market. We actually saw, this is what we saw. There's mobile apps out there. Uh, our, all of the incumbents, as well as many upstarts in the space, have mobile apps. And we looked and we saw they have maybe 2 to 3% market adoption. Uh, and we, again, scratched our heads and couldn't understand why. And so we interviewed a lot of users and found out, well, the reason is the apps just aren't that great. They're not working as well as the expectation that people have for access. You, they want you to be able to unlock a door instantly with zero latency. They want to walk up and have it work reliably every single time at the door. Uh, and they want it to be cost effective and affordable. Uh, and these apps just weren't delivering on that. So what we did is we kind of reinvented the app and we sort of looked at it from the user experience and said, let's build an app that allows you to have reliability so that you know you're always going to be able to unlock the door. Let's make sure that it's easy to use and let's make sure that it works really, really quickly. And so we uh, developed this technology uh, and actually we got a patent on it. It's called our triple unlock technology. What it does is it allows you to use your phone and all the capabilities that are on the phone to unlock the door, not relying on just one technology. So, you know, we use three different methods to unlock the door. Every time you press the button on the app to unlock the door, uh, it actually sends three signals simultaneously to the access system to unlock the door. Uh, it sends it over low energy Bluetooth, that's BLE. It sends it over Wi-Fi, over the local area network uh, that you're connected to on your phone. And then over cellular network, whether it's you know 4G, 5G, LTE, and back through the internet down to the access system. And so every time you hit unlock, it sends these three signals simultaneously, and they're sort of pit against each other. We race them against each other to see which one can hit the access system and unlock the door first. The first signal to hit the system unlocks the door, and the other two are discarded. And so what you end up with is a super fast response time that works 99.9% .9 of the time. So let me show you how it works. Hopefully this video works well. Sub-second response time, I walk up to the door, press the button, it unlocks. Uh, and uh, you'll see uh, he walks up to the door, presses the button, it unlocks. And so as we were building out this technology, we're super excited. We found a mobile app that we made fast and reliable. Uh, and then we actually deployed it at our office. We, we used it for about a week, and it was really novel. It was really cool. Uh, but what happened was we ended up with um, – uh, going back to the key cards after a week. And, and the reason why was that um, it actually takes more work to use your phone than it does your key cards. It, it takes about three thought cycles to use a key card. You basically take it out of your pocket, you, you swipe it on the, the reader, and then you put it back in your pocket. Well, to use your phone, it was taking seven thought cycles. I had to sort of find my phone, maybe it's in my purse or my pocket or my backpack or I'm talking on the phone. I had to unlock the phone, or I had to close my email app, I had to find my OpenPath app, I had to open my OpenPath app, I had to find the door I wanted to unlock, I had to open the door I wanted to unlock, and that was just too much work. So we said, okay, uh, there's some friction here, let's see how we can reduce it. And that's when we came up with Touch. And Touch was a game changer. This was a feature, a capability that really allowed 
clients and users to effortlessly walk up to a door and open it. They can just keep the phone in their pocket or their purse. They don't have to dig it out. They can talk on the phone, whatever they're doing. And they just walk up to the door and they just wave their hand at the reader or you can basically just touch the reader and, and it unlocks the door. What happens is we have a low energy Bluetooth signal that is established between the phone and the reader as soon as you walk up. And then what we do is we look for you to show intent a second trigger, so to speak, to sort of say, hey, this is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to open the door. And as soon as you wave your hand or touch that reader, it unlocks. So let me show you what that looks like. In this case, she's walking up to the door. The actual phone is in her purse, but she can just walk up, touch the reader with her hand, and the door unlocks. In this case, this gentleman's got the phone in his pocket. He just goes up, touches the reader, effortless. You can see she's got the phone right there uh, on her pad, and, uh, and this lady has the phone in her pocket. It's just friction-free and easy, and so um, you know we rolled this out, and we realized, okay, uh, there's a couple other things we had to solve for. Uh, we actually found a way through another patent we developed to to actually wake up the app on the phone if the app's closed, and so we reduced that friction as well. And when we rolled this out, we were blown away at the numbers. Uh, we saw we had 94% mobile adoption, and, and what's kind of crazy about that is in a marketplace where two to three percent mobile credential adoption is the standard. For us to have 94% really means we kind of crack the code on mobile. I guess the challenge then was how do we make this work in an open framework everywhere in a building? So you know you can't just have it work on your office door. It's got to work on the garage gate when you drive up, uh, on the turnstile uh, when you walk into the building, uh, on the elevator uh, in a busy lobby, and then you know even just getting into the busy lobby. And so we control both the software and the hardware, which gives us a unique opportunity here to tune the features to make it work in all these environments. I think one thing you'll find, and we'll probably discuss it later, uh, in this uh, open uh, sort of, or less than open access control world, there's so many different vendors making so many different pieces of the system that they don't necessarily all work well together. And when you're trying to roll out innovative new technology like we did here, trying to make you know, the panel talk to the credential that talks to the software, and have a product development roadmap and a feature roadmap that are synced so that all these different folks making the different pieces actually are able to support cutting edge features quickly and effectively is difficult to do. But in OpenPath's case, we decided we were going to make the software, we were going to make the mobile credentials, we were going to make the readers, we were going to make the panels, and that allowed us to build them in a way that makes them super easy to integrate in all the different business automation systems and building automation systems that are there, but also makes them function really, really well. So you can set the read range on the reader so that it's 40 feet and you can just drive up to the garage gate and you don't have to roll your window down and hold your phone out uh, to the arm there. You can simply just unlock the gate from your car. Or in the case of the um, uh, turnstile, you set it to turnstile mode on the reader, in which case the read range is just only a few centimeters. So you just brush your phone up against the turnstile and it unlocks the turnstile. So you don't set off all the different turnstiles and unlock them. And, and then for the elevator, uh, there's an auto proximity unlock feature, which is really cool. You walk into the elevator and because you walked in, you now don't have to sort of you know push through all 20 people to get to the reader and to swipe your phone. It knows you're there, it detects that, and it unlocks the floors that you have access to right away. So you can simply say, hey buddy, can you press 20 for me and it'll take you to the 20th floor. And then for the lobby, we've got schedules that allow you to sort of you know, manage who and when they come in uh, with two-factor authentication that you can enable so that 
before nine in the morning or before or after five in the evening, you can say, hey, I, I don't have a security guard on staff watching people come in. So I want to make sure it's you. You have to actually unlock your phone with your face, your fingerprint or your code before the app will work to allow you to unlock the door. So you can put different levels of security in place to meet all those business requirements. We also noticed that integrating with all the different software that's out there is important, especially when it comes to visitor management. So we built out a, a, a virtual pass, and this is called our, our guest pass feature. What's cool about this is you can integrate with a visitor management system in a building, or maybe a visitor management system that you have at your company uh, to you know, give people temporary access. They actually don't have to install the app on their phone. You can send them a virtual credential, which they can get via email or text, and, and it's a web link. And it allows them to just click that link and for five minutes or, or five hours or five days have access to a door that you give them uh, without uh, needing to actually install the software on their phone. It's pretty cool. Um, we support key fobs and badges and cards, and I think one of the things that was important here was we have an open framework so we can support legacy credentials that have already been issued to people. So if you go into a building and they already have an access control system, they're already using cards, uh, we can support those cards and we can read them with our reader and pass on that credential either straight through to our own access control software or connect to a third party system, and I'll talk about that in a sec, and, and authenticate uh, and hand that off to the third party system. Uh, so that's kind of our software is sort of in a nutshell. I know when we talked about you know, today's you know, presentation, you wanted me to talk a little bit about um, you know, what the access control landscape looks like today. Uh, let's start maybe with the software. Um, this is what most software looks like today. This is actually Linnell software. It's a market leader, uh, super uh, tremendous functionality, but it's client server based, right? You look at this, you have to install it you know, via a CD-ROM on a Windows 95 box that is sitting in an IT closet or maybe uh, it's you know, in a security desk. And that's a lot of IT overhead, right? You need to buy a server, uh, you know, install antivirus, run the software, patch it on a regular basis. And, and, and this is kind of old school. What the world really uses today is cloud-based software. Uh, we built a native cloud application that is highly scalable, uh, that you know, is built on an API framework, which basically means you can integrate all the elements of it with any other web system and software that you're using. And it gives you real-time access to the data that you need, to, to the controls and the management tools that you need from anywhere that you have web access. So you can access this control panel from uh, the browser on your phone, uh, on your iPad, uh, or frankly, on a computer, anywhere. And it's real-time. So what's nice about that is you can see exactly what's happening with your access control system, not just at one location, but if you have multiple offices or multiple buildings, you can manage it all from a single pane of glass which is super handy and also you know, gives you scale uh, that you wouldn't otherwise have with a legacy system. Integrations, of course, became super important as we, we investigated you know, what do enterprise customers want when they put access control in their offices and what do building owners and landlords want when they're deploying access control in their properties. And it's about integrating the software with the way you go to work, the way you do business. And so we looked at the enterprise and we said, okay, how do they manage users today? Well, almost everybody has a single source of truth, something like uh, Active Directory from Microsoft or, or G Suite from Google or, or Okta. And these third-party directory services are really useful. They maintain the, the sort of list of all the employees of a company, and they connect to all the IT systems at that business. 
And for some reason, uh, in the past, access control had been sort of running in its own silo, right? It's an Excel spreadsheet that some administrator manages and, and sends updates to a, a parking attendant or a, or a building property manager every time a new employee uh, you know, gets in. And then when that employee leaves, they have to sort of update that spreadsheet. Uh, we thought, hey, there's a much better way to do this. Uh, let's just integrate with the directory services that everyone's using so that there can be a real-time synchronization. That means the minute you hire somebody new and add them to your IT system, they're instantly added to your access control system. Right? They can download a mobile credential. They can get in right away. Uh, and then the minute they're you know, gone, they're removed from that IT system. They're instantly removed from the access system, which means that credential is revoked and it won't work on their phone super useful and it makes the administration and the security a, a, a lot easier. Um, Real-time reports and dashboards I talked about, it's kind of table stakes in the uh, you know cloud world that I come from, but was something that was rather novel in the access control world. Uh, if you wanted to actually get a report off of your access system in, in most legacy deployments, you have to you know, go call up uh, the IT group or the security group and, and someone's gonna walk down to the IT closet or the security desk uh, and unlock it and then walk in and then connect a keyboard and connect a monitor and boot up the system and make sure it's all working and then try to run a report and maybe they can save it to a, a CD-ROM or, or a drive or something and, and then there you go. Uh, this is all real time <laughs> and that's the way you kind of want to run your manage your business. We're trying to get away from this. We're trying to get away from paper, right? And so this was a typical experience moving into a new building. Every single employee has to fill out uh, a form with all their, you know, inf information that you get, you know, mobile credentials or any kind of credentials, right? Uh, with us, there's a, a landlord portal, there's a tenant portal. Uh, it's super easy for tenants to just synchronize this with their uh, directory services and remotely sort of input data themselves so they can self-serve. And managers and property managers can take care of everything remotely as well. From a hardware perspective, we also saw that we weren't very happy with the landscape because the landscape looked like this. Um, this is just a, a random snapshot. We take pictures everywhere we go of, of doors and, and we sort of look at how kind of not pretty they are. You know, people spend millions of dollars making their office space beautiful. Uh, you know, they'll upgrade their furniture and, you know, get, you know, fancy, you know, architects and designers in. And then, you know, they'll have somebody come in and install an ugly reader on the wall or, or maybe the second or the third or the fourth <laughs> reader on the wall. And it's just, gosh, you know, what a shame. And so we went and said, we're going to design... Uh, readers that are just gorgeous, right? This is a beautiful piece of electronic that fits on any background, that works on any wall, that comes in white and black, that has a low profile. We actually have an 11 millimeter profile because it can mount flush into the actual gang box, which just means that it sort of blends in to the, the whole environment. Uh, and with that, you know, we were able to sort of, you know, make something that was really beautiful that people, you know, wanted to look at. Um, and then when it came to installing it, it just was easy. We, we run off of the same electrical wiring that's already in place. So if you have an access control system, you don't need to rewire your building. We'll run off of that same wiring. Uh, we can run off of new CAD 6. We can run off of, you know, standard electrical wire with RS-485. doesn't matter. Uh, you put our readers in at the door. Uh, it wires back to our panel. There's no software that's installed. You just connect it to the Internet. And then we connect to all of your locking hardware. But where it becomes a really nice open framework is we can run along with a legacy system hybrid. So if you have a legacy readers, right, connected to a legacy panel, connected to a legacy software, we can upgrade that with mobile and cloud capabilities while you don't have to rip anything out. So you just basically put our reader in uh, to replace the legacy reader. Uh, we support all the old cards and credentials that are already out there. 
and our panel goes in next to the old panel, and what you've done is you've mobile enabled your system uh, and given that feature to all of your, your users while still respecting all of the cards that are out there and enabling people to you know, use them without any interruption of experience. So from a roadmap perspective, we always keep looking at, okay, what are the things that we can do to make and enhance this experience for users? And you'll see on the bottom right, we keep integrating with new and interesting apps that enterprise customers are using today in their office suites, right? Whether it's Slack, a communications tool, where you can actually Slack open a door, which is kind of cool, uh, or Envoy, a visitor management system, where you can integrate it with uh, how people visit your company. So days before, they can get an email with an access link to unlock a door uh, so they don't need to you know, bother with getting a visitor pass when they get in. Uh, and then on the top right, building automation systems, right? Whether it's security systems uh, and camera systems, alarm systems, uh, HVAC or lighting, uh, we've got a whole roadmap of how we improve the smart building and integrate uh, via our sort of open platform APIs. And then we keep building out new features and capabilities that you know enable this. So, you know, that's open path and sort of our approach to the market and how we try to solve that user experience problem. So maybe I'll open it up and sort of uh, talk a little bit about you know what you think and, and how we can, uh, you know, respond to the, the requirements in this marketplace. Yeah, great. Thanks, James. So as he said, anyone um, with any questions, please uh, type them in and um, I can uh, I can put them to James or if you have any, even need any questions for us, then uh, then uh, feel free to do that. Um, I mean, it's, it's really interesting. And I think that's why, I, you know, was, I really wanted you guys to come on um, to the, to the, the podcast, the webinar, and, and talk about it. As, as you know, you, you come with a fresh pair of eyes looking at the access control business. Um, and I think the thing, the two things that kind of stick out from from that presentation for me is obviously your approach to user experience and your kind of approach to um, openness, which I guess was kind of like the whole, uh, you know, point of, of doing of doing this talk today. Um, so I, I just wanted to, you know, dig in on on those two things. I think. Um, first of all, with 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 the openness, I mean, would, were you surprised when you sort of started looking at access control about um, that there weren't so many open standards, um, or that, that that a lot of like these systems are quite proprietary? Um, what was your what was your initial reaction? Yeah, I mean, I think when we first looked at the market, uh, trying to solve that user experience problem. We had hoped that there was more of a, a standardization in the marketplace, because um, what you get, in at least in the cloud world that we come from, what you get with standardization is you get you know, the ability for development teams around the world working on cool and interesting ideas to innovate and, and bring new features and capabilities and technology forward uh, to get greater adoption, uh, but all running off of the same you know, set of standards. I think it's a little bit more challenging in the, in the physical world of access control uh, because so much of the, the legacy is installed locally and it's sort of you know, on-premise on and, and not really connected with anything else. Um, and I think that's, that's fine and in many use cases that's kind of appropriate. But as we want to support the, this generation of workers who expects this kind of real-time smart building connected experience, you have to make it work in a connected and online world, and that means you have to develop web-based, cloud-based technology. You have to support mobile, and that world is built on open standards. And so, uh, you know, having software 
that doesn't integrate with the business systems that you use as a company that you know manages your users makes no sense to me. Like, why have it all in a silo? Uh, having panels uh, that only work with a small subset of access control software vendors or credential readers, uh, that's just crazy to me. Like, you should have software and hardware that you know really works so people can uh, you know, make the availability of these features and capabilities possible. And so uh, when we talked to a lot of the vendors in this space and sort of said, okay, do we want to integrate with the systems that you have today or do we want to sort of push the industry forward, we decided to push. And uh, we didn't want to relegate ourselves to a, you know, two-year product roadmap uh, that you know rolled out features at a snail's pace, which is what we would have had to do if we integrated with the legacy sort of panels and credentials and all the various things that were out there. Instead, we kind of said, "Hey, let's push this industry to get a little you know faster and see if we can make a new standard." Right? And, and I think a lot of other folks are entering this category with that same approach, which is, "Hey, uh, the old way of doing things is not good enough. It's not delivering the customer experience. We need to push ourselves to be more uh, you know Web 3.0." Well, I guess it kind of, you know, look, looking at it from from our perspective and the work we do, I, I guess it, it kind of raised the bar for you guys as well, right? Because you couldn't go, you couldn't just focus on, let's say, doing um, a reader, right? And then some software, because you, you actually had to go and do a panel or like produce a panel as well, because um, otherwise you wouldn't have been able to create the kind of more open system that, that you wanted to. That's exactly right. If I wanted to have this user experience where people can effortlessly walk up to the door and make it open, the prior, the existing panel manufacturers couldn't support that capability, right? They couldn't support my readers and the Bluetooth functionality and the real-time reporting and all yeah. that. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to build my own. Yeah. It's interesting because other folks have just entered the space and, and they've entered saying, oh, we're just going to do a universal credential or we're just going to do, um, you know, a, a reader. Uh, and I think you need to have the access system of record along with um, the the reader and the hardware. And you need to sort of pull it all together if you want to win in this category and create that user experience. Yeah, and I, I guess so it's the advantage for the legacy players, right, is that then that makes it harder for sort of new people to come in and disrupt the market um, again, which is perhaps why there's been a bit of um, uh, you know a resistance to to open standards. Uh, but I think you know if you look at what happened in video, OnViz now is pretty much accepted as some um, standard there. You know, um, and I know they're trying to do similar things in Access, but um, with sort of more newer companies coming in, it could it could gain more um, uh, you know. Or get or get more more people behind it. Well, you know, I think the evidence, the proof is in the numbers, right? So if you look at our uh, mobile adoption rate, you know, the industry mobile adoption rate was two to three percent, and ours is ninety four percent. And so clearly, uh, we, we've hit upon uh, you know the the trend here, right? People want to use mobile; they're adopting it as their primary method, and we've enabled that technology through this tech, you know, the the, the stuff that we've developed. And I think that's you know that's rather empowering, uh, you know, proofs in the numbers. Right, and but that is that probably more testament to your user experience as opposed to kind of like the whole sort of being a more open, open uh, environment for you know for suppliers and, and systems integrators. 
Uh, well, yes and no. You can't achieve that user experience without being open environment, right? Um, and I'd say as we've talked to the channel, you know, we, we only sell through our channel and the channel are system integrators, um, low voltage electricians, locksmiths, the, the folks who install access systems. And, and the feedback we've gotten across the board uh, is that, hey, uh, the legacy systems don't deliver the features and capabilities in a timely manner that the market needs and they don't work well. Plus, they're hard to install. And so all these folks are looking at ways that they can be different and offer cutting edge technology to their clients. Uh, and, and a lot of them are also interested in moving to a cloud-based model because it allows them to get into a recurring revenue business model. And again, that's a new uh, way to think for a lot of the system integrators in the market today as well. That everything's moving to the cloud and they can now not just have a, a one and done uh, you know, access control install. They can actually create a managed program where they're giving value on a recurring basis to their client uh, through the open path technology. And that's also been a, a big change agent for a lot of the system integrators that we've partnered with um, here in the US. It's worth noting, by the way, that we, we haven't expanded outside of the US just yet. We're gonna be doing that uh, towards the end of this year and beginning of next year. So we're selling just in the, in the US uh, right now. And then next year will be uh, all throughout uh, North America and Western Europe. Mm. Good. Well, that's that's great, and I think so. I mentioned open standards, but and because of course, you know, open means okay, it can mean a lot of different things, right? We could be talking about open source, or we could be talking, you know, more about um, <clears throat> just a, a more open approach to development. Um, but from from your perspective, you know, what what does sort of a more open access control system look like? Is it more about giving um, you know, the end user access to the data and, and enabling integrations? Um, I think what it is, it, it's about um, giving them the capabilities to bring every part of the access control system into their operation, right? So I'll give you a couple examples. Uh, we have clients who've taken our APIs, uh, which are available on our website. It's all open and completely documented how to integrate with us, and anyone can do it. And we have developers who've gone and said, okay, great. Uh, we're going to build a, a tenant amenity app, and this is going to be something that landlords can offer to their uh, tenants to allow them to really interact with the property on a whole. It's got, you know, conference room booking and, uh, you know, schedules for the building, access to the fitness area as well as access to the whole building. So they've taken the software development kit that we've built for our mobile app, and they've simply integrated our access capability into the mobile app, and they offer this as a combined experience so that uh, you have a single app that you interact with for the whole building, and that you know is a great way to use access. We have other uh, folks, customers, who've said, hey, you know, I have an alarm system uh, at my office, and I'm tired of uh, unlocking the door, even with my access control system, and, and having to still run in and you know hear the beep 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 of the alarm and and go run up to the panel and you know type in my number furiously before you know it goes off. And so you know our access system connects directly to the alarm now, and it shunts the alarm, and it also allows you to arm the alarm when you leave. All integrated through our cloud APIs, and, and we had nothing to do with this. This was just the customer going ahead and sort of enabling this. So. Um, there's lots of cool things that you can do when you make the tools available, and, and that's what's happened in the web world, right? People are constantly you know, building out cool development technologies and tools and tinkering with and uh, you know, finding ways to make the software work towards their business needs, and, and that just hasn't happened before in this category. Yeah, 
Uh, and um, I'd be interesting to hear a bit more about your um, wider integration as well with building automation. That's, um, so we'll come we'll come back to that. Um, I just because I want to take a couple of questions from from the floor here for you, James. Uh, first one, um, with the advent of facial recognition in phones, uh, will there be any plans to integrate facial recognition technology? Uh, absolutely, yeah. So that's a roadmap item for us. Um, and I think um, we think about it uh, uh, in that, you know, there's what we're going to do with facial recognition technology uh, as, a, as a vendor looking at, at ways to, you know, meet the, the, the user experience expectation of our customers. But there's also the fact that there's lots of different facial recognition systems that are out there, and we want to make sure that we can connect to them all. So today, our system connects with any third-party credentialing solution you want. So if you want to hook up a Wiegand reader to our uh, you know, uh, access control system, you can do that. If you wanted to hook up a fingerprint uh, reader, a retina reader, an iris reader, uh, a facial control uh, system, all of those will work totally with our system. We are open to any kind of uh, reading technology to credential a user that you want and can support that. Uh, and I think uh, as we evolve over time, we're going to focus on making a really unique user experience. And whether it's around facial recognition or, or frankly, any access method, we want to be agnostic. The whole goal is you should be able to use any method that you want to access your space, and it should need to meet your uh, user experience requirements, and also your security and data requirements. And so facial recognition is right for certain customers. It's not right for other customers. And we don't want to mandate that that's the only way to do it, right? So I think understanding how people want to store and keep that data, uh, enable the, the speed of experience, or uh, add a, another way to lock down their access are all sort of factors. Yeah, so let's say, for example, on the system, there's one area, one door that, that you require to be extra secure. You could set up another reader for with some kind of biometric. Um, so, you know, you, it's kind of two-step then. You would need the phone and then you'd need a fingerprint or a face or whatever. Yep, multi-factor authentication. So today, we enable two-factor authentication with the fact that you, if you enable that feature, you have to unlock the phone first with your face. Uh, or your fingerprint or your uh, your code, and then you can use the app. Uh, and then you can enable a third factor if you want by putting up an iris scanner, fingerprint scanner, or facial recognition scanner. Uh, uh, and then you know you can have you know super duper triple authentication. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, another question for you, uh, and that kind of this ties into user experience. So um, it's um, an interesting one. Uh, they say I'm very interested in visitor management especially existing buildings with existing tenants. Um, they have a, a facility management tool to fill in um, visitors that come. Uh, they have an agenda to invite visitors and they have an access control or some kind of access control hardware. How do you update this system to your level? Um, are there limitations? So I guess, okay. I guess that's and kind so, of a question about you know, what we see already and how, can, how could somebody improve that? So let's talk about that for a sec. I guess um, if you wanted to upgrade a legacy system, and uh, bear with me, I'm just um, going over here uh, to a couple of different pages. There we go. Bear with me. Uh, just trying to get to uh, various different things here. Um, so uh, 
the slide I was showing just before, and let me just toggle back to that real quick, uh, go back to this. Um, oh, good Lord. There we go. Can you see my, can you see my screen? Is it moving? Yeah, there it is. Yeah. All right. Uh, so the goal here is um, you don't want to interrupt the tenant experience in a building where you already got occupancy. And uh, many times we'll talk to a landlord and they'll say, oh, this is great, James. I want to upgrade the system in the building because, um, you know, we want to attract new tenants. We've got some great space coming up. Maybe we built out some spec space or, or we want to reposition this building. But we have anchor tenants who have legacy systems. Maybe those legacy systems that they've chosen were chosen specifically because they integrate with our building system. How do we make sure that we don't, you know, piss off our existing users, but still enhance that experience? And so that's where our hybrid solution, we actually call it our mobile gateway, allows that to work. And so that's where you can run our system alongside the legacy system. Uh, and we basically pass through the credential that already exists through our reader to the legacy system and unlock the door. Uh, and, and that's kind of how we've approached it. <clears throat> and uh, buildings who've deployed this have been really happy because they can uh, make the building really uh, marketable and uh, sort of, you know, uh, approachable to new tenants who want that cutting edge technology. But they don't upset the apple cart in terms of the legacy folks who are there have the same experience. They use the same credential to get in and it works on the building stores as well as their, their suite doors. Uh, and so that was a big um, sort of breakthrough for us at the beginning, uh, at the end of last year where we heard from feedback from clients that, hey, you know, this is really important, guys. We, we, we can't always deploy you natively as the, the only system in there. And so uh, this allowed folks to sort of have a more lightweight approach. Uh, and then over time, because we are an access system of record, we have the full suite of software. Uh, they actually kind of migrate their usage over to us and end up using the legacy system. Uh, not at all. Um, but did that, did that answer the question? Yeah, I think so. I mean, again, it's, it's sort of. With, let's say with a with a visitor. I mean, you did mention it before about being able to send people um, uh, mobile uh, credentials that were yes, not permanent. Yeah. So you could, yeah. So yeah. And I guess it's sort of thinking. I mean, you've you've thought about the flow, right? It's not just about um, people with the with that access the building every day. It's also about sort of maybe people that want to visit and. Um, how you manage that process as well, how you manage that user experience. Exactly, yes. Mm. Um, so, so for example, could you have a situation where, you know, using your system and using some of those integrations, let's say with book, room booking systems, so you could over email organize, or you've had a phone call with your client, you've organized the meeting, you send them um, a invitation through uh, I don't know, let's say Microsoft Office um, suite, and then that updates your calendar, but it also then sends them the invite with some kind of QR code or the link um, and, you know, directions and about what to do when they get to the uh, the office. So you're managing that whole flow. You're making it easier for them. So that's exactly right. So um, the concept is called a cloud key. And what it does is uh, it allows you to integrate uh, the uh, temporary credential component uh, of offering, uh, whether it's an individual or a third party application, the ability to unlock a door. And they don't have to be an authenticated or credentialed user in the system with an actual app running on their phone. 
And so this is the same methodology that allows you to integrate with uh, software like uh, visitor management, calendaring systems, conference room booking systems, or even like Slack or communication tools. Uh, it basically allows you to embed an unlock command into uh, th that's uh, got a set of rules associated with it into a third-party app and, and to issue those. And so uh, it's, it's pretty uh, cool technology. Again, no one can really do this except for us, but what's nice is that when you do this, it uh, gives the flexibility to a developer to say, okay, hey, I've got an app that I'm using for scheduling my conference rooms. I want to embed the ability for that app to unlock uh, the door uh, for certain times of days, or I, I want my scheduling tool to be able to do this, or I want to have a panic button that I run uh, that can lock down all my doors instantly, at the same as it can unlock all the doors instantly. So you, you can have all these different capabilities because it's all you know, web-based technology, uh, and it gives you tremendous flexibility. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, anyone else, if they have any questions, uh, feel free to put them uh, to James. Um, we've got we've got plenty of time to take more questions, so uh, feel free to do that. I think um, one thing also, well, I was interested in. Um, you know, you mentioned this. You, you the, with your software, you also created an access an um, access record as well, right? So you're you you're you're collecting a lot of data there, right? About when people are coming into the office, when people are leaving. Uh, what areas they're using. Have you seen, um, and we've written a lot about other types of systems that are also, you know, doing real-time sensing of people and, and where they're moving and, you know, for example, what desks they're using and that, and what meeting rooms they're using. Um, with, with what you're doing, can we then, could we, for example, somebody take that data, um, combine it with other data from other systems and really look at, like, how people are using the building um, understand when you know at what what times that it's not being used, and therefore you know even perhaps look at how they could start heating the rooms or heating the heating that um, area differently. Sure. So let me give you a couple of examples of, of how we do that. So we have an integration with uh, a company called Density.io. They have a people counter, and what it does is it allows you to determine when somebody walks through a door. Uh, that is really cool because when you hand off that information to the access control system, uh, you know uh, when an entry is presented and somebody presents a credential, how many people just walked in. The whole goal there is to solve the problem of tailgating. And tailgating is when you know you as a gentleman hold the door open for three other people who walk through, they haven't credentialed in, and now uh, we don't necessarily know if they're uh, approved people who are supposed to be in or just random, randoms. And so, um, you know, what this allows us to do is it allows us to, you know, easily, you know, count how many people just came through, and we can identify a tailgating issue right away, and that, that becomes super useful when you uh, want to, you know, really lock down a physical space and make sure that no one's going to come in who's not meant to come in and, you know, take things or steal things or just, you know, be there when they shouldn't. I think the other thing that's, you know, super useful about uh, our technology is that because uh, we can, once you come into our physical space, uh, determine that you're close to one of our readers, uh, that Bluetooth relationship between the phone and you acts as a sensor, and it allows us to say, okay, we know when you're here and when you're not. 
from a security perspective, that's super useful. Think about, um, you know, we're here in Los Angeles and there's earthquakes, right? Uh, we hear about tornadoes here in the Midwest. Uh, there's also, you know, all kinds of, you know, security incidents that are happening around the world. Uh, and, and you as an employer and you as a building owner, you want to know where your people are. So if you have 300 employees uh, and you don't know how many of them came to work on a given day and something bad happens, uh, it's really sort of challenging for you because you don't know who to worry about. Whereas with our system, real time, you can know 242 of your 300 people came to work that day and they're in the building. And over time, we'll expose the data to make it so that you can actually know where they are in the building. And, and that will give first responders, uh, employers, uh, property managers, all different folks the ability to really uh, secure a physical space in the case of emergency. And that's really valuable. I, as an employee, I want that level of uh, security and protection. I want you know, lockdown procedures that uh, safe, uh, enable safety and security. I, I want visibility to, you know, how I am moving around the space so that if there's an emergency, I can be protected. Uh, and I want that also if I'm uh, liable, right? If I'm the building owner, if I'm the enterprise owner, if I'm the, the emergency service provider, because we need to get to that person right away and help them. And so I think that it becomes a, a really uh, open opportunity for new technologies to evolve that help improve the physical security of, of folks in the workspace. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I had an interesting conversation with, um, some people in real estate, and I think that's uh, that that is sort of what I some of what the future buildings look like. I think that they they will expose data. They will be um, APIs that, from commercial buildings that will um, that will allow people like to to see or 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 understand a little bit about about that building. Um, and they could be anyone. It could be people who just want to aggregate information to make um, a smart city application or it might as you pointed out maybe even first responders who want a bit more information about potentially who could be in the in the building i think there's uh, there's so much scope there for 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 um making um, our buildings smarter and obviously that starts with with being much more open about the data right yeah i, I think one thing that i want to make clear is we only know what's going on when you're in the building, right? So uh, people enter a commercial environment today. Anytime you enter a shopping mall, you enter a, an office building, you enter a commercial building, you know you're badging in, right? Or you're, you're under video surveillance and uh, you, uh, from a safety perspective of being tracked uh, so that you know people understand how that physical space is being used, whether it's for safety or security or optimization. And that's, uh, that's something that we're all comfortable with, especially in today's world since 9-11. We're okay with that uh, because we want to be safe in our physical environments. Uh, and so that sort of, you know, access is, is an important component of the reporting and data that's shared. But once you leave the building that you work in or the, you know, shopping center that you're, you know, you're shopping in or whatever it is, like we have no idea what you do, right? And I think um, the, the data requirements and the way that you uh, keep that data, store that data, and think about that data uh, change pretty dramatically as you start to move into the residential space, as you start to move into the home environment, right? And so that's why we're so focused on commercial real estate and the office mm -hmm. space, because um, we're really a security, a physical security system for that commercial building uh, or that commercial space, and that's our primary objective. Uh, and what we've oriented the data, uh, you know, capabilities around are helping people provide physical security 
to the folks who run, operate, and manage that space, whether it's the, you know, the business owner, the building owner, uh, to improve the user experience while you're experiencing that security is paramount to our design approach. But at the end of the day, it's still around security. Absolutely. But I mean, and it's up to the, you know, your client um, to do whatever it is that they they feel is um, is right in terms of, you know, what they integrate with, what they don't integrate with, um, how they keep the building secure, what they do with that data. Indeed. Yep. One, another question, a quick one. Uh, will you be attending IFSEC in London this year? That's a security uh, exhibition, like a European focus. Unfortunately, yeah, um, I don't believe we're planning to attend right now, uh, and that's probably just because you know we're we're so focused on our our, our U.S. market launch um, that uh, we came out of stealth mode last year at the end of May uh, uh, here in the U.S. and have been focused on you know making sure that we have a national uh, channel and distribution network here in the U.S., which we do, uh, and then you know a, a sort of well-established you know um, you know sort of launch plan for for Europe. So I think that next year will be our, our year to focus on um, uh, all of North America and Europe. And uh, and I think we'll look forward to seeing you at next year's uh, show, uh, but probably not this year's. Mm -hmm. Sure. And, uh, and then um, just looking at that slide you've got up um, there at the moment, you're talking about building automation integrations. Uh, you, you said there's a, there's a, there's a kind of a, a roadmap for that as well. Are you, are you guys looking now seriously at, at, at what else that you could do within within the commercial building space? Um, absolutely. So, you know, we've integrated with elevators, turnstiles, uh, parking and garage systems, uh, as well as visitor management systems. And now what we're doing uh, is looking at, you know, the rest of the building experience. So uh, there's a lot of uh, really interesting and cool smart technologies that buildings are deploying to improve wellness in the building and having uh, the data that our access control system uh, that can provide uh, informs those solutions to be better at what they do. So knowing that uh, you're in the building, that who you are uh, in terms of, hey, I'm, I'm in this space right now and uh, I've got a conference uh, booked in this room and I'm gonna be here for another hour. That's super useful to know whether the lighting should stay on or not and whether the heat or, or cooling should stay on or not. Um, you know, the experience that we're trying to sort of think about is, uh, I think we've all been through this, where you're sitting in a, in a room after hours or you know, at your desk and the lights go off and you have to stand up and kind of wave your hands up in the air to get the motion sensor to trigger so that the lights come back on. Um, that, that just shouldn't happen. And so uh, I think having you know, your, your open path access on you uh, should indicate to the building that you're still there uh, and you're still, you know, using that space. And the contrary as well, like if you're booked a conference room and you don't show up, well, uh, we can know that you haven't showed up and, and maybe we can free up that room so somebody else can use it. Uh, and so I think there's lots of ways to integrate with the automation of the building as the building systems evolve to just improve uh, the quality of the user's experience. At the same time, I think it'll reduce costs for the building. It'll reduce costs for the, the, the tenant. Uh, and, and that's all beneficial, but I think it'll also improve uh, the security experience for the folks who are managing that space. And, and those are all the constituents we think about when we, when we sort of evolve that technology and, and consider that roadmap. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, when you think about, sort of like, you know, your example there of like rooms being booked and not being used um, must be a tremendous amount of waste when you, when you consider that over a, 
over, let's say, someone who has a lot of um, office portfolio space. Oh, for sure. I mean, so one of our investors is Emergence Capital. They uh, they're a well-known B two B venture capital firm in the uh, in the Bay Area. Uh, they're investors in Zoom, right? And Zoom is uh, you know a, a leading uh, you know uh, web conference system as well as conference room booking and management and a whole host of other uh, great you know office automation technologies. Um, and so you know we, we run Zoom here actually for a lot of the stuff we do. So as we talk to those folks and think about okay where are they going? What's their roadmap? How do we sort of fit in? Um, we kind of build out an ecosystem. You know whether it's our Slack integration that we're doing uh, or integration with other uh, you know office automation, building automation and technologies. Um, we're kind of in the mix with all these folks, thinking about uh, and obsessing about the customer's experience. How do we get at the heart of what makes people enjoy? Uh, their day better at work, and then what do we do to eliminate all the friction that they're going through? Whether it's you know waiting 50 minutes to get into a building because you're going through you know an ID check and a credential issuance and and a turnstile and a security you know thing at, at the lobby of a building and reducing that friction, or whether it's just knowing that hey you know I I can you know better utilize the resources of this building in the ways I want to right I can sit outside and work uh, and be able to have access to the cafe area or I can you know book a conference room instantly and know that it's available and it's mine or I can make sure that the heat or the air conditioning is turned on after hours when I want to work late and and even find a way to sort of you know monetize that for the building so that I pay for the system to be on and, and they can track it and know what's going on so all kinds of cool stuff that uh, meet the requirements of everybody from a safety security economic and, and feature perspective but improve the quality of all of our lives every day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, we're almost out of time. So if anyone has a final question for James, then uh, please put it in now. Um, yeah, something that just cropped to my mind there as well is sort of about, you know, we're, we're working a lot more flexibly now. Um, so again, that's kind of impacting on, you know, how people are using commercial space and, you know, how much, you know, I guess it's a problem companies are really struggling with you know, how much space do they really need um, on a day-to-day basis? If, like, let's say, you know, they employ 100 people with only 60 or perhaps in the office at any one time. Have you thought around that as well? Like, um, you know, how how does that kind of impact um, what, what you guys are doing? Yeah, so it's spot on. So when we thought about, you know, the, the future of how uh, this technology and this data can be optimized uh, to improve that quality of experience for users. And, and the user might be the, the building owner, it might be the tenant, it might be you know, the, the individual user. Uh, reducing the cost of rent or better optimizing and utilizing the space to meet the, the requirements of how people work, that was critical. And so you know, that is absolutely the intent of where we're going with things. Uh, you know, the more people that um, allow uh, their you know, users to have technology that, like this, uh, the better responsiveness they can give to that user. And so uh, maybe it's the end of your lease and you're thinking, all right, you know, I'm, uh, I have a big line item that's called rent. And uh, rather than, you know, move to a bigger office or a smaller office based on my interpretation of how I'm using the space, I can actually have real data that shows me how I'm using this space. Are all of my people coming to work every day or are they hoteling and going to a co-working space? Uh, are they using the offices that we have uh, with all these walls? Are they using the open floor, 
floor plan or the office space that we've set up? Are they using the conference rooms? How do they work? And I think especially with the, the multiple generations of workers in the workplace today and the different work patterns that they have, uh, it's even more important to be aware of how they're using the space. Uh, because it, it's not the way it used to be when I came up, right? When I came up, I sat in a cubicle, in a cubicle farm, and I was happy to have my little space, and that was it. And yeah, I hope to one day be promoted to actually have an office with a door. Uh, these days, uh, I run a you know a company, and, and uh, uh, for the last 15 years, I have sat in a cubicle uh, in an open space along with every single one of my employees. And uh, you know we all share the same environment, and I go into a conference room when I need to make a private phone call. And that's changing now. I see all of my folks sitting outside uh, at our cafe uh, on the deck on their laptops, and I see people, you know, doing conference calls uh, while they're, you know, got earbuds in and they're walking around and getting their, you know, 10,000 steps in, uh, and they're, you know, walking around the building doing conference calls. And so it's amazing to me the the way work changes and the way space is getting utilized differently, and we need to be responsive to that. And, and as a technology vendor, we're trying to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And so it's a lot of, you hit on a lot of things that we've been uh, seeing through our work as well that people are telling us about. And, and I think, yeah, ultimately, let's hope we can also create more open and integrated systems so we can, you know, enable people to have, like you said, better experiences in a commercial building and, you know, give them the, give them the tools that they want to be more productive. I think, James, that for kind sure. of wraps it up for it's a good place to stop. Um, I just would want to say, Thanks very much for taking the time today. I uh, really appreciate it. And uh, everyone still listening out there, uh, we're going to be um, putting this recording up on YouTube and um, iTunes. So look out for that. It'll be on our website as well. Um, so, yeah, it just remains for me to say thanks to, thanks to James. Appreciate your time. It's my pleasure, James. Thanks for the opportunity. And uh, if anyone has questions, they can always go to uh, www.openpath.com. And uh, we're happy to uh, work with everyone in the market. Good. And if they're interested in looking at your API, where where can they find that? Our APIs uh, yeah. are available on our website. Yeah. Um, it's just basically if you go to the very bottom of our of our webpage, uh, there's a button, there's a one of the navigation links that says integrations, and you click on that, and then it goes to our developer center where you can see all of our API stack, and you can you know have everything that you need. Awesome. Thanks again. And as you said, if anyone has any questions for James, go to go to their website and uh, you'll be able to contact him through that. Thanks again. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye.